you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And on today's program, naturally, we have to talk more about this potential realignment involving Oklahoma and Texas, leaving the Big 12 and heading to the SEC. I've seen a lot of people talking about Texas as if they're some sort of juggernaut still. Well, I'd like to perhaps challenge that assumption a little bit. And also, I do want to talk about the rest of the Big 12 conference, including what might become of Kansas basketball after this whole realignment takes place. And just a quick reminder, be sure to check out Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick live during the NBA Draft. Just follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern with Chad Ford, Rafe Bartholomew, and John Corrales. And just in the last 24 hours or so, there was a really good and lengthy piece posted by Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports where he reports that Texas A&M is widely believed to be the source of the leak of the OU and Texas to the SEC story. And also he reports that it's believed that this whole thing has been in play for six months and that the Texas A&M, the Texas A&M administration was not informed about any of this. And to me, all of this reporting here by Pete Thamel all passes the smell test. Obviously, College Station and Houston are not very far apart. The Chronicle covers the Aggies. And, well, who is the team in the league? Which athletic department has the incentive to leak this story? Well, it's got to be Texas A&M. Apparently, they're not very happy that they've been kept out of the fold here, and in some ways, I don't blame them. I'm a little bit surprised that the league office and Greg Sankey didn't at least try to smooth things over with A&M before going headlong into this potential expansion. And if the Aggies really are going to try to block this move, if they're going to vote no and try to get some other teams to go with them, well, they need to start playing politics because they need three more votes. It can't just be the Aggies. It can't just be, even if they got Missouri, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way, they'd still need two more teams to go along with this. And I just don't see those votes happening. I don't think the SEC would have gone this far into the process not knowing where their chips were standing for all intents and purposes. And really, it'd be one thing if Mike Alden and Delos Dodds from Texas were still around. If those guys were still in place in their respective athletic departments, then maybe I could see Missouri throwing a stink and voting against it. But why should Jim Sterk, who was not around during that time, why should he risk any of his political capital, if you were, if you will, why should he risk any of that and spend it on keeping OU and Texas out? When, frankly, this doesn't have this has nothing to do with Jim Sterk. He doesn't have these personal feelings these personal animosities towards the Longhorns that Mike Alden did. And just as importantly, even if he did, is it worth 
getting the league office mad at you, upsetting the apple cart on a move that, again, you need two more votes, even if you have A&M and the Tigers. I just don't see any way that this isn't happening. Again, as I said yesterday, this is looking more and more inevitable with every passing hour. But most importantly, if you are in the Missouri Athletic Department or you're just a Missouri fan like me, well, this is a moment to recognize an obvious victory for your program. Because what if we still were in the Big 12 right now? Well, Missouri would probably land on its feet within whatever Power 5 conglomeration this comes down to, but also there's no guarantees either, and there's not a guarantee that Missouri would actually be in a better position than it is right now. You don't want to be where Kansas and Baylor and Iowa State and Kansas State, among others, are right now. You don't want to be left just hanging out in the wind, hoping to dry, and somebody takes you inside and puts you back in the laundry hamper. That was a terrible analogy, but you get my point. But really, even more sweet if you're a Missouri fan. You, you all remember, probably if you're, certainly if you're my age or older, you remember 10 years ago when all of these teams, not just Oklahoma, not just Texas, but the Kansas States and Iowa States, and certainly Kansas, They all told us we were making a terrible mistake, we would regret it, yada, yada, yada. Well, here's the reality of the situation. Whether you desperately pine for the old Big 8 or not, Missouri didn't kill it. We were blamed for it, but no, really it was Texas and Oklahoma who killed the old Big 8, the old Big 12, and guess what? They're about to murder it once again. So this idea that Missouri was at fault for the previous collapse of the conference, and even more so the idea that Missouri was foolish for leaving the Big 12 and heading to the SEC, well, we can put that argument to bed once and for all. In fact, let's dig at a grave and bury it six feet under because when you're in the SEC, you're in the one conference that truly matters over all others. And when you're in it, you're in it for life. Just ask Vanderbilt. Somehow they're a run, they're still along for this crazy ride of all the teams in the country. Vanderbilt's just about as bad at football as Kansas has been the last few years, and yet they're safe. And meanwhile, Kansas, which has a blue blood basketball program, is left twisting in the wind once again without an obvious home if the Big 12 does indeed ultimately collapse. And I do want to talk more about Kansas basketball and the possibilities for the rest of the teams in the Big 12 Conference that are left over. Could this conference possibly survive in another form? Well, frankly, there's a lot of possibilities, and I want to cover as many as I possibly can. But I also want to tell you about Built Bar, which is not only the best gosh-darn-tasting protein bar on the market, it's also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And the best thing about them, again, not only are they great tasting, well, they're low in calories, low in sugar, and low in net carbs. We're all counting our carbs and our sugar in 2021, aren't we? Well, if you don't know about all these Built Bar flavors, you're definitely missing out too, by the way. So if I were you, 
Grab that mix box where you'll get two of each of these nine delicious flavors. Order today, and you can even get the Grasshopper Cookie, which is Built Bar's answer to the classic Thin Mint flavor. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, I've seen a fair amount of people online speculating that perhaps the Big Ten's counter move to OU and Texas heading to the SEC might be adding a couple more teams themselves, including the Kansas Jayhawks. But i got to say, that one doesn't really pass the smell test for me because while obviously Kansas, one of the best five or so basketball programs in the country, as much as I hate to say that, Well, what I do love to say is that they're probably the worst Power 5 football program of the last decade. I mean, Vanderbilt's at least had a few moments here and there. But Kansas? I mean, they're an utter, complete joke on the field and apparently off the field, we've learned in the last year or so, too. So let's say the Big Ten did add Kansas, though. And I've seen other people bandy about that North Carolina would be a good addition for the Big Ten. Well, first of all, as somebody who's been in the Raleigh, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, the triangle on several occasions, I just don't see them ever leaving the ACC. I just think they're so entrenched in that world over there. I just don't really see it happening. But then, gosh, since we're in a world where absolutely everything is about money, you have to admit that the ACC and the Pac-12 might be more vulnerable to teams picking off, or to conferences, I should say, picking off some of their teams more than I expected. Now, the ACC has a second-tier deal with ESPN, meaning not that great monetarily, and they're stuck in it through 2036 because, well, they were obsessed with getting a over-the-top network just like the, the SEC network. But they got a much, much, much less favorable deal than ESPN gave the SEC, to say the least. And now it seems like Disney slash ESPN is going absolutely all-in money-wise on the Southeastern Conference. But while obviously adding North Carolina and Kansas to the Big Ten would be an insanely – would make that an insanely competitive basketball league – The reality is basketball doesn't really matter here. It's all about football. Sure, having a good basketball program is a bonus, but if Kansas was just mediocre the last 10 years, maybe they would have had a chance. You can't be just the absolute doormat of power college football and expect to get into the Big Ten. I just don't really see that happening. But on the other hand, maybe that's the best move that the Big Ten can make because really the only corresponding move that would have even close to as big a ripple effects as what the SEC is apparently about to pull off, would be adding Notre Dame. But how likely is that at this point? You see, if you're Notre Dame, you're sitting here looking and saying, hey, we're doing pretty good lately. We're bringing in tons of money, still have our national television independent set up for us. We can we can negotiate our own deal. Kind of a good spot for them to be in. And plus, with a expanded 12-team playoff, Notre Dame looking pretty good to be in that 12-team playoff on a regular basis, just based how things have gone the last few years for them under Brian Kelly. So to me, 
if I were Bill Self, if I were Scott Drew at Baylor, who just won the national championship at basketball, I'd be really, really nervous because while Baylor's obviously had some good moments on the field, there's a lot of schools in Texas. So, you know, adding some streaming, you know, subscriptions via Baylor, I mean, how, how much does that really move the needle? Is Waco that good of a market? It really isn't, quite honestly. So if you're Baylor, you've got to be nervous. If you're Kansas State, you've got to be nervous. Even if you're Iowa State, you've got to be really nervous. And I say even Iowa State because they've been quite good at football the past few seasons under Matt Campbell. I'll just say they picked a good time to be in football because – to be good in football, I should say, because if they had been sort of the perennial doormat that they've been the last few seasons, I don't see – any scenario in which they even end up in whatever this power five conglomeration of super conferences ends up being at the end of the day and you know what this is a mizzou specific podcast but i know all of you are very interested in this realignment talk but i do have some mizzou specific news and thoughts coming up and i also want to put texas and their football program in some context after this coming break, is Texas about five to ten years away from being Tennessee and Nebraska, at least in terms of their expectations versus reality? Well, I'll get to all that right after these quick messages. Well, Mizzou running back Tyler Beatty has definitely been one of my favorite players on the field the past couple seasons, but the more I get to know about Tyler off the field, the more I like as well. And the young man was named the AFCA Good Works team nominee, which, quote, celebrates student-athletes with stories of exemplary community service alongside their academic dedication and impact on and off the field. Apparently, according to MUTigers.com, Tyler has totaled about 150 hours of community service during his time in Columbia, spanning such organizations as Mizzou Impact, Freshman Move-In, and the Susan G. Komen race so good for him and the news on the recruiting side that hopefully is just non-news well recent four-star defensive end commitment Marquise Gracial, of course an oral commitment nothing signed on the dotted line yet well he's going to be visiting Alabama on July 31st and while at first this is going to make some fans nervous and understandably so I take this as a positive. Anytime Alabama's kicking the tires around on your verbal commitments, I consider this to be a good thing. And it seems like he's pretty solid to Mizzou. And if I were him, if I were his dad, I'd be telling him, yeah, go take your visits, man. You've been stuck inside during the pandemic the last 18 months. By all means, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to be wined and dined by Nick Saban and some of the biggest programs in the country. By all means, go enjoy yourself, young man. That would be my advice. But speaking of Missouri offensive linemen, a potential one, and Marquise Gratial, well, a current one, Case Cook, and another in Akeel Byers. They were looking quite fresh down in Hoover. But Eli Drinkwitz uh, very specifically mentioned the method to his madness for bringing a couple linemen to Hoover yesterday. And that was basically simply, hey, if you can win in the trenches for this team, I'll bring you down to Hoover and put you in front of a camera. So that's a pretty cool deal, really, because often linemen, especially offensive linemen, are the most anonymous members of any football team and Eli has talked a lot 
about needing to upgrade the trenches on this football team. So again, a very obvious, obvious method to his madness with that. And finally, I just thought it was noteworthy that Case Cook, again, Missouri guard who was down at, in Hoover with the team, mentioned Towski Dove specifically, and, and Eli Drinkwitz did as well. To me, I'm reading between the lines there. Not only does it seem like Towski's having a nice offseason, but it seems pretty obvious that along with Kiki Chisholm on the outside, Mookie Cooper in the slot, it seems like Towski Dove is slated to be your next outside receiver there on the first team. I'd be really surprised if he doesn't get the start on game one against Central Michigan at this point. And finally, I've seen some Mizzou fans who their knee-jerk reaction when it seems like OU and Texas are coming to the SEC, well, the knee-jerk response is, oh, no, now we'll, now we'll never win again. Now we'll never win big again in this conference because we've added two more blue bloods to what is an already highly competitive conference. And as a knee-jerk response, that makes sense. But then you have to take a step back and realize, wait a second, this is a 16-team conference. Missouri can't play all of these teams every single year. And also, maybe even more to the point, are we sure Texas is a blue blood anymore? Because when you really look at it, there may be another 5, 10 years away from being thought of and in the same position as Tennessee and Nebraska. Well, if you think that's going a little far, let's take a look back. You see, 2009, that was the last truly great Texas team. And heck, I remember going down to seeing the game in Austin in 2008. Unfortunately, Missouri got its doors beaten off pretty hard in that game. And I remember thinking, gosh, how is Missouri ever going to close this gap? Because when you're really down there in Austin, you see all the just pageantry, the amount of fans that they have, and even more importantly, just there was a huge talent gap on the field. It was just, you could just see the money in that place. And it was just hard to imagine that Missouri would ever close that gap. So in a way, I get it. It's a giant place called Texas that is obsessed with football. They have five to ten times our state's population. I understand all of these supposed disadvantages. But let's take an objective look. Again, since, since 2009, since Colt McCoy and the Horns played Alabama and lost that national championship game. That was their last conference title, by the way, was 2009. So, by the way, if you're a 16, 17-year-old kid who's being recruited by Texas right now, like Tavoris Jones, who Missouri just nabbed from the Longhorns at the running back position, the top-ranked running back in the state of Texas, well, you probably were four or five years old in 2009. So you probably have zero memory of Colt McCoy or Mac Brown or any of those guys. So since that season, here is how Texas has finished in the final Associated Press poll, starting with 2010. 22nd, unranked, 19th, unranked, 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 that was a lot of unranked, folks. 9, 25, and 19. So actually, the last three years, that's quite an improvement from five straight unranked seasons. 9th, 25th, and 19th. So how did Texas respond? Well, they fired their coach. Now that's the move that is very Tennessee and Nebraska. 
that's the move where you're expecting way, way, way too much. You see, you've actually gone from, again, five straight seasons of finishing unranked in the AP poll. Not that Texas was ever a doormat during that time or anything, but obviously not up to this program's expectations. So then you finish ninth. That year they beat Georgia. They won the Sugar Bowl, 25th and 19th. And you thought, oh, let's fire the coach. I understand Tom Herman is a bit of a prickly guy, maybe not the most well-liked guy in the world. Maybe he didn't get along with the athletic department. But I'm telling you, if this Steve Sarkeesian thing doesn't work out, if if they're looking for another coach in three or four years, they are well, well, well on their way to being Tennessee and Nebraska, a team, an athletic department, and a fan base that has outsized expectations that are, in fact, hurting the program. And I think that's where Texas could be very soon if they're not there already. So let's not make Texas to be this world-beating program that Missouri has absolutely no chance in. Now, don't get me wrong. You can call them a sleeping giant and say, with all that money, and relative tradition that the potential, if they get the right coach, they could they could get it going again in a big way, get back to the Vince Young era. Well, I would agree with that. It's definitely possible, but I also wouldn't guarantee it either. And just one more quick reminder before I get out of here, definitely check out the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey featuring Chad Ford, Brian Scalabrini, Ryan McDonough, and our parade of locked on nba local experts they'll be making the selections and trades for your favorite nba squads throughout this week long event so just search for the locked on ultimate mock draft 2021 on the new odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts odyssey is your audio home for all the sports podcasts music and news that matter to you that's a-u-d-a-c-y And I'm John Miller, and this has been Locked on Mizzou.